0: Hi, dear friends, this is Petrus this time speaking from the beginning of spring. All around me, the signs of spring are manifesting. So it would be right to, to write to read this time chapter five from my book, which deals with spring in soul. Chapter five: Important lessons look carefully record what you see find a way to make beauty necessary find a way to make necessary necessity beautiful a quote by Anne michaels from her book fugitive pieces my favorite book a spring in your soul millions of acacia trees across soul are in full bloom dripping their honey-sweet fragrance slowly into the town, penetrating the streets, alleys, thoroughfares, laneways, roads, avenues, terraces, footpaths and walkways slowly but surely. The scents scents trickle down into the underground, travel on the trains and surface elsewhere, where unannounced but most welcome, they enter houses, schools, hospitals, Yokwans, hotels, restaurants and temples, spring perfume. This morning, as if by magic, I noticed a strong difference in the landscape. Suddenly color has burst forth, exploding into the landscape, or maybe dropping in from the heavens. Not just a little, not just drips and draps, but in one immense and generous overall gesture not unlike the contents of a whole paint box being spilled out over the landscape. Reminders of my goddaughter's Lutia's first artworks. What only last week was a grey wall of rocky mountains has changed into a vibrant underground of green, a vibrant background of green, patterned with coloured blossoms everywhere. What only a few days ago was a grey rock garden around the university is now a myriad of colors, like a bowl filled with different kinds of fruits. What only yesterday was a drab lawn area is now a wonderful green, soft space dotted with leafy trees. What only this morning were hard gray concrete roads. This afternoon are soft mottled green shaded thoroughfares. The green literally sprouted into newness at this very moment and I wasn't the only one who noticed. Everyone was pointing, gesturing, smiling, refreshing spring-colored smiles. Photos were taken, sketchbook produced, poetry written, children taken, and bunches of flowers bought, all celebrating the renewal of life. Maybe the colors were there all the time, waiting for the right moment to appear. Maybe the right amount of sunshine mixed with a little moisture of the early morning spring dew warm wetted the landscape and set the colors ablaze color me spring moments of inner joy before the heat and dust of the summer will mute the freshness of the the images today everything asked me to come out the whole landscape begged me to enter it to stay indoors on a day like this seems sinful i pack my bag with a bottle of water my camera and some food and step out walk past the library and onto the path. The mountains are that close. I follow the pink granite track, a creek meandering next to it, the swirls and eddies enriched by the soft petals of lost early spring blossoms. A slight breeze provided the freshness to create that magic of early spring. A five-minute walk up a stony path adjacent to the creek takes me to a small monastery while passing by the sound of the monks chanting drift out from an open window like a message of encouragement. I stop a while and take a seat on a rock for a short rest. I wonder how it it was that a chant accompanied by a simple beat of the Mokta could engage my spirit so strongly, could so easily jump not only across centuries but also across huge cultural gaps to enter me and feel totally comfortable, nourishing even. My spirit has never felt so peaceful and so at home. Is that the mystery? Or is that what I perceive to be the mystery? Quality I experience when I walk these mountain paths, paths which have been walked upon thousands of years by both men and animal, tigers even. The mysterious implications of trying to identify the invisible? How long does it take to wear rough rock smooth with walking feet? Has the human spirit been soaked up in this landscape for centuries and am I somehow touched by it? Is there then, I wonder, a connection between all peoples across the gaps of culture and history? A connection which exists beyond the differences, the differences of language, of culture, of ways of doing things differently, of ways of thinking and perceiving the world. From which emotion are we acting when we always express the differences rather than look and search for the similarities? The spirit of living is similar, though the expression of it may not be. The spirit of our basic needs are similar, but the expressions of them may not be. The spirit of creativity and poetry is similar, but the expression of it may not be. The spirit of love is similar, but the expression of it may not be. My stay in Korea seems to focus on these aspects, accentuates them. The two week climb takes me to the top of the first mountain range, a place from where I can see a large area of soul. It helps me to understand its mountainous geography. After enjoying a feeling of exhilaration and rest, I began to sl- the slow descent, a perfect time to visit a few monasteries tucked here and there into the folds of the enormous mountain. Stopping at one small ch- stem- temple, a sudden gust of wind dislodged most of the cherry blossoms from a few trees nearby momentarily turning the place into something so exquisitely delicate and beautiful that once again, I'm speechless, but for the sound of, ah, which involuntary escape escapes me. Taking a moment to marvel at this simple expression of beauty, a monk engages me in a chat and a moment later, I'm invited for Da Korean tea somewhere. Take- Whenever taking tea, it involves the traditional tea utensils of a kettle, a water bowl, a teapot, and tea bowls. And automatically it becomes a ceremony, an event of the appreciation of objects and the simple act of pouring water. Water into tea, into bowls. Koreans do not pour water into their, onto their tea leaves. And I found that a telling aspect of the culture. As is another aspect, that of giving and receiving everything with both hands. Both of these images express the gentleness, the understand. to understand this you only have to imagine. There are many types of teas in Korea, including infusions from leaves, stalks, roots and roasted grains. Boiling water is poured from the kettle into a cooling bowl after which it is poured onto the tea, in the teapot from which it is poured over into the small cups. This process is repeated over and over. I'm told that the tea which the monk offered me was specific Buddhist monk's tea. It is made from pine needles. And a certain time of year, the fresh tips of the branches of the needles are cut off and placed in a stone jar, packed quite tight. The syrup made from boiling mineral water, sugar and honey is poured over it. The the jar is sealed and placed underground for about a year. The result tastes just slightly fermented, was served cold and most refreshing. The gentle taste of Korean tea, a perfect, perfect reflection of much of the culture's underlying aspirations as I'm experiencing them.